growing up and she'd pour them a glass of milk like even when I was dating him yeah. in high school and we'd go over and have dinner at his parents house like he'd get a glass of milk and she'd serve me a glass of milk and I'm like where's the chocolate and where's the bread <laughs> sounds about white <laughs> so now so now Dee oh, yeah. loves milk at any time of the day he's a Obviously, it's freaking six thirty, and he's having a chicken bacon and glass of milk. That's what it is. Milkaholic. Uh, Are right, you guys ready? We're ready. Yeah. Right, I'm ready go. to ramble. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Are You Ready to Ramble podcast. Uh, it's me and Liz again today, but with even more special guests. Uh, again, we have Noemi, who is, uh, if you guys remember, is one of Liz's older sisters. Uh, and then we have Noemi's children on here, too. We have Abby. So, oh, what's so, up, guys? And then we got Nadia. Hi. And then we got Diego here. You can't hear him because he doesn't have a mic, but... What's up, guys? Hi. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they got to share a mic. First time ever we have, what is it? Was it six people? Yeah. On the podcast. People. So, I mean, one of them might be hard to hear. That's because I only have five mics because I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to get into it today. Uh, the topic for today is, um, you know, the struggles of being a single parent. Um, if you guys don't know... Well, because we probably never you do it. know you because know. my name has been dropped in previous podcasts. Yeah, I'm that single mom. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> Noemi uh, is a single parent with uh, three children, three beautiful children. Um, so that's pretty much to the topic of today's podcast is you know the struggle of being a single parent. You know, just going through life um, as you normally would, but without the other parent. So we're gonna go ahead and get into that. Um, so we'll start off with introductions first. How long have you guys known Noemi? Um, our whole lives. Since, since birth. <laughs> since, since day safe one. To say, safe to say. Since day one. All right. A1 since, since day one. All right. A1 since day one. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I can't really speak on the topic, neither can Liz, because we're not only not parents, but, you know, anyway. <laughs> but they know the struggle and they know how it's been since the moment I became separated, then into divorce, mm-hmm. yeah. then into being on my own, venturing out, dating, <clears throat> which is a hot topic hot around topic this family. This hot, hot topic. And, um. and, but I mean, that, like I was saying earlier, like that just comes with, that just comes with being a single parent. And I'm not going to say that I do this all on my own because thank God I don't. I have been, thankfully, my ex-husband is a responsible person. He knows he has his kids. He's obviously in the beginning we had our little struggles. But now he has, I mean, he. in my opinion, he's a much better dad and I'm a much better mom. Now that we're not together, because I, I feel like when you're in a marriage that's not working out very well, you're constantly just focusing on your marriage. You're f- focusing on that. 
And now it's more about our kids, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I can only speak in my sense. Like I focus more about the kids and really what those needs are. And you tend to realize like there's all these cultural things that you have to be aware of. And it's like, no, my kids have a voice and I've done some things that maybe my parents may not agree on. My sisters may not agree with, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it has to be what's best for the kids and I, and even sometimes the kids don't agree with it, but it has to like, it's this learning game. Like, I don't know of anybody that in our immediate family who's single, who's doing it on their own. To be quite honest with you, I think I'm the first one who's actually single, single, divorced and dating as a single mom. And it's it's been hard. Mm -hmm. It's been hard taking on that whole role and taking the hits and taking the judgments and taking the opinion. But it's Mm -hmm. it's been a learning game for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. For sure. So let's go back. You said you met your um, ex-husband in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what, your oldest is Diego. We said that in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, second up is Abigail, Abby, yeah. mm-hmm. and then third is Nadia. Nadia, yeah. When was, if you don't mind, sorry, when was uh, Diego conceived? So I got pregnant with Diego in high school, actually my senior year, mm-hmm. um, and then I graduated, and I had him after I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I finished high school, obviously. So, I mean, I was 18 when I had him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at that time, I mean, I'm 18. I knew everything. I knew what I wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can tell me any different. And you, like still, you, still can't, you still can't. But back then, I was really naive and dumb. I was. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the joke around the house is, what, Mom? You don't want me to end up like you? And at first, it was hurtful. But now, it's like, it's not hurtful. It's just, yeah, I don't want you to end up like me because... You know, I had a different mindset. It's just, I want my kids to be able to experience life and not feel held down and and a responsibility of having to be a parent. It's such a huge responsibility. And I want, if they're going to become parents, I want them to become good parents. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I don't want them to end up like me. So, yeah, I had my kids early on. Um I thought I knew. I I did. I'm not going to say thought I knew. I did know what I wanted, and that's a decision that I made. And so I took I took it on, and you know I got married. Abby was actually of the three. Abby is the one where I was like, I want another one. I want to be able to have another child, and start my family and have this. That's what I want. Like if that's where we're at, then that's what I want. Everything else will come in its place. Um, So then Abby came along. And uh, Nadia was another surprise. And I was like, okay, that's it. We're three. I wanted four children. Oh, as my family, I said I want four kids. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, you know, I wanted Diego and Abby to be close in age, have a little break, go to nursing school, have two more. Um, but when I started my nursing, like, journey, mm-hmm. Nadia came along and I was like, okay, well, that's it. Like, we're done. After this one, we're done. And that was my choice, like, my choice because that's what I wanted. Their dad wanted more, but I was like, no, like, I'm literally done. Like, I don't want any more kids. Like, it's been tough raising these kids as a mom. It's just, 
it's all fun and games hey, until it's kids, not. Your kids were wild. <laughs> Coming from the one who took care of them most of the time, I was the main babysitter. Your kids were wild. I mean, they're good kids and they're well behaved, but man, they were fucking. Not were. These kids are fucking wild. <laughs> they're just fun. And I think that's another thing, too, is like as a mom, you you tend to realize, okay, what's, you know, we were raised to be a certain way, and I wanted my kids to just be kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was that mom. I wasn't a helicopter mom, and I also wasn't like a my mom's going to raise my kids type of mom. I just, like, my, Diego was very adventurous. They were all adventurous, but Diego was way more. I was the type of mom who would be like, okay, well, I'm going to let him have what they call now safe fun like yes i see him trying to jump off a tree but he's gonna have to learn on his own if he's safely climbing that tree and he's safely thinking it out about how he's gonna get down like who am i to stop him he's trying to think it out and now we know that he's the one that has to learn by trial and error i could tell him sing it to him paint it to him that's just how it is and he's the one that has to learn the hard way and and as a mom, we have to accept that because then otherwise we're always struggling. Mm-hmm. And the other two, like each one has different personalities. I can't treat them the same. That's something that I had to learn as well as a single mom. I can't treat them all the same. They each have different learnings. They each respond differently to my discipline or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's been a learning curve for me. I mean, I know they all have their own opinions too, but ultimately I'm responsible for them when they're with me. So mm-hmm. it's been fun. It's been fun going through this whole phase. No, <laughs> Here we are. Of, lots of ups and downs, I'm sure. Um, by the time you and your um, ex-husband were divorced, you already had all three children? Yeah, so we got divorced after 10 years mm-hmm. of being married. So... I mean, the kids were little, but not too, too little. They mm-hmm. understood what was going on. That was a really tough year, too. Mm-hmm. Really tough year. We all went through some stuff. We're all a little bit emotionally damaged. <laughs> As adults, that might come out. So it's already coming out, I feel. But I, I don't know. That's single parents. That's also something that you have to deal with, like the emotional trauma, mm-hmm. um, the way that they found out the way that things were explained to them wouldn't have been the best way. But, you know, we dealt with it, and here we are still dealing with some things. So, yeah, they were, how old were you guys? I don't even remember. I was like seven. It was fifth grade. Yeah, I was in second grade. It was the summer right before I got into fifth grade. I was probably 13. So still I think you were still 12, 13. 12, no, yeah. 12. I mean, you know, but... I mean, they're like around right that up, age to kind of know, right like, have an idea of what's going on. Oh, yeah, for on. sure. They knew, you know, parents not getting really divorced. not like, grasp it, right? Yeah, they, I mean, I think what they weren't able to grasp is more is, like, the relationship and the emotions of why people get divorced. Yeah. But they knew what that meant. They knew that a divorce meant your parents are no longer together, your parents will no longer live together. Um, You know, we had to navigate, like, the situation of, Who's going to watch them? Who's When do they go to you? When do they come to me? Um, I right away was, I moved out of my home. So 
I ended up coming back to my parents' house. And so when they were with me, they were with me and my parents and Liz because Liz was still living at home at that time. So I relied on Liz for a lot in the first year or two to kind of help me navigate as far as like, I have to work. Can you pick them up? Can you do this? And they became really close to her, which I have no regrets as far as that goes, because I feel like as a as a single mom, you need to be able to have your kids be able to go to somebody, an adult who who understands them Mm -hmm. and who's just going to listen to them. Whereas opening up to me or opening up to their dad is a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. So I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful that my parents were open for me to come back home and they allowed us to live with them and that Liz was so good to my kids. So we love Auntie Lizzie. (laughs) Uh, Liz is often referred to as their second mom. So I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say almost all of... All the kids, honestly. Well, except for my other sister because she was always like in a stable... (laughs) She's always been in a stable marriage and she... (laughs) And then she didn't. She doesn't come around as often. I mean, with the oldest, I mean, I was always, I don't know. I just see these kids. I just love them. But with the second oldest, her kids, they're just different. They're different from. I feel I've always said this. They're they're different from all of us. They're different. I don't know. They're different. Okay. They're different. Not in a bad way. It's just. The way I treat them and love on them is different from the way I treat and love on my other nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't always come over to my parents' house either, whereas Naomi's kids, like, they were, I mean, they I lived mean, with I've us. lived with my parents. Yeah, so I. Twice, I feel. Three yeah. nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm super close to these three. Yeah. I'm super Not close yet, with, my, my, <laughs> with my oldest sister's kids, or with my middle, the second oldest, I'm. I just have a different relationship with them than I do with the other ones. Yeah. And it's not bad. I mean, I I still love them and they know they, I love them, but I feel like these three and the other four like really feel it in a feel it and see it in a but different way. But mostly my three. But mostly yeah. three. <laughs> no. But it's because again, like we live together. I yeah. I mean, literally Diego, I've like from baby, like it was it, me and him. Baby boy. He's my baby. He's my first baby boy. He's. I said it before. He was my first real boy love. Like I didn't know how it was to feel will, to love a boy. I will fight you for that. <laughs> yeah. I know it's good because it's you, that is true. Like as a mom, you, when you have a son, you end up realizing like what it really means to to love a boy. Not that there's more love for a boy than it is for a girl, but in our in our family, there's. Three boys, four boys. Yeah. Four boys. Um, my sister, she has the oldest one, but him and my son are, what, six months apart? Mm-hmm. Right? And they were the two boys. And so for a long time, they were the only two. And we are, I mean, I don't know if Liz has mentioned this before, but we come from a family of five girls. Mm-hmm. So when the boys came along, we're like, what in the dick is this? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Literally. Because we don't even know how to manage a boy. Like Not what? even my dad, because he was like, I don't know. <laughs> We're like, what? Penis. Like, what is this? <laughs> but I mean, it was nice to have a boy around. And, um, you know, for me, it was like, okay, so is this what boys are like? Like, 
isn't this just like boy behavior? Mm-hmm. But I also didn't raise him to be boyish, I should say. Like, you're a man. Don't cry. You're not supposed to cry. Like, boys don't cry. Um, I, I never I never had that because well, nobody taught us. <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. taught us to be that way. Yeah. So out of all this, I think we spoke about it before, but of all the siblings, like you, Noemi, all the other siblings, they're, they're all girls. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, you're there's kind of no... I guess baseline of what it is to raise a man, would you uh, say? Yeah, I. Yeah. That's a very fair statement. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what it means to raise a man, but I feel like we've been kind of learning what that means. Mm-hmm. And I think the boys in our family are definitely very emotionally aware of their emotions. <laughs> well, at least yours and the older sister. I. Uh, I wouldn't say one of the boys because of the dad. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. that's all. But that also has to do with culture. Culture, I mean, yeah, and how they're raised. Yeah, for sure. So, for those who don't know, um, these kids are half. Noemi's kids are. Yeah. Oh yeah, my kids are half white. Half white. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like over the years they've. I I'm just gonna say they, they become more they Mexican. Are, they That's are what it more is. Mexican. They embrace their Mexican culture You're a lot welcome. more. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that was also my bad because now they are very upset with me that I did not teach in Spanish. But the weird thing is, is that when they were first born and up to like up until they were two, they were I would speak to them in Spanish. They understood the Spanish words, and then all of a sudden, I don't know why. Like it just became like English school. And then no, not yeah. even that. But you know, even when I would go to my mom's house. They weren't speaking in Spanish. We were speaking, everybody was speaking English everywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some grandparents that only speak Spanish to their kids. And a lot of the time, that's where they end up learning it. And not that it's my parents' fault. Obviously, I'm responsible for that. But I think it just became easier to just speak English to them. And yeah. um, well, not only that, but, you know, they go to school too in the main. Yeah, language. their primary language is English, English. And, and it's. I think where we grew up opposed to where we are now with the kids where where we've raised them because we've lived out in this area their whole lives. Mm-hmm. So out here, it's not like they were exposed to a bunch of Mexican people speaking Spanish. It's more of an eclectic yeah. gr- group here yeah. where you guys live. Yeah, so English is the primary language out here mm-hmm. for where we're at. Maybe... More in the city, it's different, but here it's more, it's more English. And so that's kind of, and then besides that, I put them in a charter school. You know, I wanted to have them have like the best education. Mm. Arizona public schools have had a bad rap for so long time. So, you know, I put them in and I put them in an environment where it was, I don't want to say privileged, but you know, you want to give your, your kids the best option and, and unfortunately not. All Hispanics see it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even though they don't speak Spanish, boy, these kids love their Mexican side. A lot. <laughs> yeah. A My lot. little tacuache over there. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, Diego went from like white boy to Mexican. <laughs> With his botas. <laughs> uh, which, which, by the way, all three of my kids now own botas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Boots for the but I'm English also going to say while Noemi was with her ex-husband, she was very white too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when she got divorced and she started going out and like 
doing the Mexican culture thing, getting back to her Mexican roots, I was like, who the fuck is this person? I was like, I don't know who she is, but she's, but she's a different Mexican than I grew up with. I grew up with like Texas Mexicans and like my parents, mm-hmm. Mexicans, where Noemi dove into the Mexican culture of Phoenix Mexican culture and it's completely different. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I it's completely different. I would not know. <laughs> so it was it was a real shock and it it's still taking I even think, for me I an think, adjustment to like get used yes. to her being like it was what she adjustment. was before and how she is now. Even now, like sometimes like she'll post like the music she listens to or where she's going out and I'm like this is my who, who is, is this? This is my sister? <laughs> this is like not what? My sister. And it's because I grew up and Noemi was a mom. Like as soon as like I cause Yes, she- I think that has been adjustment when we when we talk about being a single mom, mm-hmm. I think the adjustment has become who I was as a mom married, as comparing it to who who I am now mm-hmm. without a partner, without a significant other. I'm just me now by myself. Nobody's nobody's putting an influence. Nobody's putting standards. Nobody's putting expectations. It's just me. So, so when I say when I got divorced, it was hard for me to figure out. Well, who am I? Like I know who I, I know. I'm these kids' mom. I know that I'm Liz's sister. Who am I in terms? But who who am I without being married? Who am I without this person influencing? my life, my everyday choices, Mm -hmm. my everyday, like, what I like. I'm not to say that I still don't like going to country bars. That's not to say that I don't like riding bikes because when I got divorced, that's what we were getting into, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we, well, he bought a motorcycle and I really enjoyed that, but that was no longer part of my life. That was something that he did that he introduced to our marriage and that I liked. I, I just kind of followed suit, but I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. So now when that gets stripped from you, you're like, okay, who am I? What do I like? What do I really, really like? And I've always liked Spanish music. I just wasn't into the Mexican culture in that sense of dating somebody. Mm-hmm. I love going to Mexico. I loved all of that. But I just never could see myself with one. So I've always dated white guys. Mm-hmm. Always. And then after I got divorced, I was like, all right, I'm done with the white people. No offense. <laughs> um, where, what do I like? What I like to do? And very early on, I started going out to Mexican clubs. I would see like, oh, these groups, these things are coming out. And I love music. I love listening to music. I want to go. And that's kind of where it started as far as like trying to figure out who I am as a single mom. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of single parents... When you do that, men and women have to figure that out because the whole future, the whole how you saw yourself changes. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole dynamic change. That's true. A lot of the times, and I've noticed this, like when you get into a relationship, just in general, like you both kind of pick up on each other's interests mm-hmm. and you kind of, you know, without knowing you guys become the same person. You know what I mean? So like, you know, with me and Liz... I, before I met Liz, I've never listened to a single track of regional Mexican music. <laughs> Not once. No reggaeton, whatever. And now since I've been dating Liz, I have a whole playlist of... I have fucking Christian Nodal on there. Christian have, Nodal? Yeah, or Christian Nodal, whatever. Uh, and then I have fucking Chalino Sanchez on there for whatever reason. Ariel Camacho. I'm like, 
Five, five years Dang, ago, me. Liz, so like, Liz talking smack about my Mexican. That those doesn't... I don't listen to those people. No, Liz but I'm saying like he on his own. But oh, I'm saying like so she's exposing you, and you've picked up on people who you are like, okay, I like yeah. the way they sing. I like this. That's what I'm saying. Like simultaneously, you don't know, but like kind of in the background, you become your partner, and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. Your partner becomes you. Yes, and then you know. And to, when you're 18 and you get married, uh-huh. and you're going through 18, 19, 20, up until like you're 30. I mean, you're trying to figure out who you are. And so if you're figuring out who you are and you have a spouse, listen, you enter that web becomes one. Exactly. Whether you whether you hate that person or not, you guys end up agreeing to like what you guys like. And you don't get the chance to be be you Mm -hmm. and then commit to a relationship and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. This is this is who I am. And let's try to combine lives like. At 18, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to be a nurse as long as I can remember. So I knew that. But, I mean, other than that, like, I wasn't really sure about how life was going to be. I just knew, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm going to be a mom. This is what I'm going to be. So I became a mom. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was. So when I got divorced, it was like, okay, now what? Right. Like, I'm not just a mom. I can't just stay at home and this is it. I have to figure out, like... Thank God I had therapy because I probably saved my life mm-hmm. to help me like navigate those emotions and navigate being okay with just me. And it's okay if I want to do things on my own. It's okay if I have to figure out this whole new future. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of like what I was was going to say too. For you, you know, you being... Uh, a mom at such a young age and then being married at such a young age as well, you're still kind of trying to figure out your way through life and you mm-hmm. don't have time to really enjoy your life outside of school because you're just kind of already in like... Yeah, in- and that was a decision that I made. I could have totally said, you know what? I'm not getting married. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go live with you. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to live the college life and I'm going to make my parents help me raise this kid. I could have totally made that choice. Mm-hmm. I chose not to. I I decided that I wanted to be a good mom. I wanted to raise my son. And I wanted to be a wife. And I made that commitment. And I took that commitment serious. And that's what it was. And so in making that commitment, I'm not going to say that I lost myself. But I will say that I didn't take the time to really... Um, figure out what I liked. It was always about what the kids like, what the kids needed, what our family needed, what my husband at the time needed me to be. And, and I think that caused a lot of problems because in the end, um, in the end, you know, there was a, a time where he said, I just had so much expectations from you because you just always took care of shit. And when I stopped and when I didn't, it was like I was the one that was lacking. And it was really hard for me to accept that because it's true. Once I started changing and becoming a little bit who I wanted to be, um, it started causing problems. Mm-hmm. And and it was hard for me to say, why well, fuck this marriage up? We both did. It was It was a realization of, it takes two people to make a marriage work. It also takes two people to fuck it to up. fuck it up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it really does. And, and I had to become responsible for what I did. He had to become responsible for what he did. Whether he did or not is on him. Mm-hmm. I could, I had to stop focusing on him and I had to start focusing on myself and how I was going to be a good mom to these three kids that we had together. And, and that was a whole learning thing too for all of us. I feel mm-hmm. my parents, my sisters, the kids. And I just hope that the therapy bill is not so high for any of them. Abby <laughs> <laughs> over here. Yeah. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't know, mom. <laughs> well, what do you guys think? How do you, how do you, yeah, how do you guys feel? About feel? That? You know, now that Noemi has explained, well, yeah, you guys know, obviously, because you're her kids, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, you Diego has a lot to say. Yeah. Look at him. He's like, hand me the microphone. Okay. So, um, when I was younger, like, I would hear the fights. I would hear the arguments. I wasn't, I didn't know what they were about, but I would hear the arguments and I hear the fights. And I knew that there was that, that weak, like that weak chain link within like the, their relationship. Um, to me as a kid, I just thought, okay, they're just, you know, just arguing about something. But like, I wasn't like naive to the situation, you know? So, um, and like there was nights where I'd wake up and I'd hear them arguing. Um, I think when I got closer to the point where they got divorced, probably about my sixth grade year, it, I noticed that it started becoming more of a common occurrence, the arguments, the, the fights. Um, I still wasn't really aware of what they were about or like the, the base of it, but I just knew that it was getting worse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started paying attention to the situation more, um, as he started to explain more things to me. I didn't want to say I expected the divorce to come, but I wasn't. You kind of knew where it was heading. I kind of knew where it was heading. You know, I knew that they were, it was coming. I knew what they were in a healthy spot. I knew that um, things weren't okay. So when the divorce happened, and they kind of explained like oh, we're not going to be together anymore, we're going to be living in two separate households. Like it wasn't extremely shocking to me, but I. It was hard on me, especially. Uh, I didn't show it a lot. I wasn't really good at showing it. I mostly kept my emotions to myself. I, I, I think verbally it was hard for him to say it. Verbally it was hard for me to express it. But I, I feel like, and maybe Liz can agree to this, he definitely did. He showed us it was it was affecting him and his yeah. grades and his behavior mm-hmm. and his yeah. attitude. I, I, f- I really felt the weight of it because, like, okay, so now I'm, I'm the only man in the house. I need to just become more mature and that was really hard for me because i was still just like a kid you know yeah I, I didn't know and there's nothing. a difference between being told that and being taught that and yeah so i didn't know what i was really supposed to do and it was hard because um like me personally as a kid what i was going through um like switching schools trying to make new friends trying to fit in my dad getting deployed for a year to go to washington dc to him being gone for that year and just me with my mom like oh, hell yeah. like it was <laughs> like that was probably the worst part of it like like my actions like were my emotions like i mm-hmm. i didn't talk about it and when the topic was brought up i'd always fight it but i would say i was okay like it didn't bother me yeah but like my actions always always showed it i was mm-hmm. always getting in trouble always making bad decisions like and so. post divorce like that was something that i had to learn how to figure out i mean I'm not saying that being married and being in a relationship is makes raising a family easier, but I definitely feel that when you're sharing a household, it does become harder for the kids to navigate where they feel comfortable to navigate 
what emotions they can express and cannot express. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like I said, I'm grateful for Liz because if it was hard to navigate their emotions with me and have hard to navigate those emotions and express them with their dad, then Liz was a person who they were able to express those emotions to. And I'm glad that they did. I, and I even told Liz at one point, like talk to them, like, if you see that they're struggling, then talk to them and help them navigate those feelings. And if you feel like I need to know, make me aware. And, you know, that way I can be there for them too. But if if just talking to you helps them feel better, then that's enough. Mm-hmm. If she's going to be their therapist, then, then I'm totally okay with that. And I had to be. I couldn't be that helicopter mom of, well, no, they're my kids. Stay out of my life. Stay out of my business. Because right. that's also not okay. Because I feel like the kids have that confidence and, I mean, they are to the point where, like, well, we're going to go stay the night at the Eliza's house. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. And and that's good. That To me, in that sense, that makes me happy that my kids want to hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. Because that means that they're comfortable and they trust you. And, and why would I fight that? Why would I not? Why would I want anything other than that? Do, do you feel like, um, be, I mean, there is, uh, uh, between you and Diego, since he's the oldest, there's like, what, a nine-year age gap, ten-year age gap? Eight. Eight years? Oh. Naomi was 18, I was eight, because mm-hmm. we're ten years, so it's an eight-year age gap. Okay. These kids are closer to you in age than they are to their own mother, but do you feel like, because you guys were so much closer in age, it was easier for them to relate to you, or vice versa, with their problems? Because you guys were so much closer in age? Or is it just from like from an outsider's perspective looking in, you're not so close to No, I was really close. Like oh. I was I wasn't I was in it, but I wasn't deep in there. Right. Like I was in the pool with them, but they were on the deep end and I was on the shallow end. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the only reason that I think the kids I don't know, they can they chime in. I think they felt that comfortable with me because, yeah, we were, I wasn't that much older than them, but I, I always told them that if they had anything to tell me, if they wanted to talk to me about whatever they wanted to talk to me, I was always there. Mm-hmm. I was always going to listen to them. I was, I was always going to be on their side. I was always going to be their fighter mm-hmm. because their voices were smaller, whereas maybe they weren't being heard, but coming from me, they might be heard more mm-hmm. or better and actually like their feelings and their mm-hmm. thoughts are going to be taken into consideration like validated and validated because it's and like, i'm a big let's validate kids feelings and mm-hmm. and i feel like we were raised where our feelings were not validated, not validated. like yeah. why are you crying i'm going to give you something to cry about yeah. and you're like okay i'm already crying yeah and if you and you know and sometimes like and Nadia can talk on this. Like, sometimes Nadia just feels sad. And I'm like, why do you feel sad? And she's like, I don't know. And I just, and I see her and I hear her and I'm like, that is so me. When I was little, I would just feel sad and I couldn't, I didn't know why. I just had this, like, sadness in me that made me cry. And I remember specifically, you know, my dad and my mom just being like, you want to cry? Let me give you something to cry about. Come over here. Give me the bell. I'll smack you around and see if that doesn't hurt so you can cry and you're just like like Jeez. how how does that even fix anything like that doesn't fix whatever's wrong and so sometimes i'm like okay if you feel sad then feel sad but like if we need to talk about it like let's talk about it and my kids don't like the way that i approach let's talk about things because i sometimes i sometimes am a little overbearing mm. but i think it's me 
overcompensating to making sure that they know, hey, like, I'm here, I care. Like, if you want to talk, let's talk. I'm listening, I'm here. Might not seem like it, but I am here. And and I feel like as a teenager, you do kind of have to, like, dig a little bit more, try a little bit more to get those emotions out. Mm -hmm. And now that Liz is definitely not at home, I don't know if they... I, I just want to make sure that they always know there's people available for them. And so, I mean, man, it, that's, I feel like that's, as a single parent, that's, you're navigating your kids more than anything. Mm-hmm. More so, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, no, you were overcompensating with like um, trying to talk to them because of there is no other really figure here in the house to give their opinion as well? Mm, yeah. And maybe they, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just like a very emotional person and like I like to talk things out. And I mean, we have family meetings when we need to have family meetings. Mm. And I guess maybe I want to ask them, like, how do you guys feel? Do you guys feel like family meetings is a good thing? Or do you guys are like, oh, heck, no, here we go again. Like, oh, another one. Okay, (laughs) so for me, so like how I get sad, like randomly, like how you're talking about it for me, I... I bottle things up so when we get to family meetings, if I'm like, if I'm not ready to open up about something, I try to like avoid it and I don't talk as much and I stay quiet. And just because I know when we're all talking and we're all like vulnerable together, it starts like big arguments and we go at it and it makes us like really mad at each other. And I think that's why, like I, I want to avoid as much conflict as possible and I don't want to start like fights and stuff. So that's why I bottle things up. And I think that started during the divorce because I remember when you guys were together, you were always just like so loving and always wanting to get those emo- emotions out of us. And then when you guys got divorced, dad was always like how you're saying, like, if you like, are you, like, why are you sad? Like, I'll give you something to cry about. He was more like that. And he invalidated our feelings so much like when we were younger like I remember one time I was with dad by myself and I was really sad because I missed you and he got so mad at me for like texting you and stuff so like I just learned to like just keep everything to myself because if I told if I expressed it I was just scared that something was gonna happen Mm -hmm. and that's another thing to just keep hitting the single topic like like listening to her say those things like it breaks my heart because Mm -hmm. As a single parent, the last thing that I wanted to do for my kids is to make them feel like they couldn't keep loving their dad. They couldn't keep wanting to be with him. Like, man, it just, and and my, my parents will attest to this. My sister will attest to this is my concern was always like, why, why go there? Why drive them to not want to see their dad? Why drive them to that point? I want them to have a good relationship. All I want for my kids at the end of the day is when they're 35 to say, hey, mom, we're coming over. Mm -hmm. Like the same way that Liz and I know that we can go to my mom's house at any given day, any given time. I want my kids to want to come see me when they're older. Mm -hmm. That is my goal. And so that is a goal that I want for them with their dad and so when I hear them say things like that, it breaks my heart because I know not for not for my ex-husband mm-hmm. because he's doing that on his own. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart for my kids because I know that they're the ones that are going to have to live with that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they have to carry that. So 
and you know, as a, as a, as a mom and as a single mom, like, how do I undo that? I can't. And so it's hard. I mean, even now it's listening to her say that it's hard because she said she bottles things up, but when she talks, boy, does she talk, yeah. boy, does she hit the nail on the head and yeah. she's the one that would do it. She'll bottle things up, but when she's, when she gets that mic, when it's her turn, she'll hit the nail on the head every single time. Yeah. So with her, I usually try to, to like, Hey, well, tell me what is it? Like what's going on? But I know when she's ready to talk, she'll talk. And then the other two, they express it a little bit differently. Well, just real quickly. Well, just say, like, how, how you express your emotions. <laughs> Abby has something better to do than record this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, you're okay, you're okay. Can she wait five minutes? Yeah, I was going to say something, but like... Okay, well, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, now you can, sorry. Open mic. Wait, what's the question? You were born ready, remember? Born ready. <laughs> um, wait, How do you think, like, well, I guess my question is, as is, now that I'm single and I'm trying my best to raise you, how do you feel, how do you feel about it? Like, how has it been for you? It's different, like, like having to switch between houses like with living in a house with a dad who has a a spouse or someone like he can confine with and then having to come over to not having to but like coming over to a house where it's just you and like you're doing everything on your own it's it's obviously and definitely different to me to me it's more of like like the energy if i walk in if i walk in somewhere and i to me like the energy is off i don't want to be there i would want to leave immediately and so like sometimes like when you're out in like more one of your like chaotic episodes like a bunch (laughs) is happening and like you're just super stressed i don't really want to be here because like i can just feel like the energy is off and i just know like one little thing will happen and it can set off an avalanche of just getting getting a yeah. whole bunch of are wrath. you saying that i'm unstable yes getting a whole bunch of wrath that like directly like, there's been numerous times where i got um the bad or like she yeah where you've last you've lashed out on me for no reason just because you were having a stressful week at work or like something that was just happening Personal, yeah yeah and like you've let it out on all of us numerous times mm-hmm. um you exactly because yeah, i don't have my person whereas at their dad's house and i've always said this i sometimes would be like i just want them to stay at their dad's because i'm not stable and i know that at their dad's it's a stable environment you know like he goes to work, he comes home, she goes to work, she comes home, like they have their environment and it's stable. Like they know what's going to happen. Whereas in my home, we don't know. It's, we don't know. They don't know what kind of mom they're going to end up walking (laughs) into. And so sometimes I would tell them like, I'm just really stressed right now. Like I'm going through some personal shit and it's, it's tough. And so I feel like whenever I would talk to them most, that's, that's whenever i mean communication is everything between us and so sometimes i do rely more on being able to be open with them Mm -hmm. versus versus at their dad's house like it is more stable but in that sense abby has also been the one that says mom if i'm if i'm more of a certain way here it's because i just feel like 
it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be upset because I'm being a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel more comfortable being themselves versus, I mean, no offense to their dad, but it is a different environment. And if they feel more comfortable here at my house, then that to me makes me feel like, okay, at least well, I, I must be doing something right. right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I must be doing something right as a single mom. If they feel more comfortable here. I think it's more of you you let your personality show more with us. So, like, you're always fun and you don't care what other p- people think. Like, you don't care about being embarrassed. So, that makes us, like, feel like, like it makes us want to be ourselves around you and more open about it. Whether, at, like, rather at dad's house, it's, like, it's a lot more structure and, like, you have to act a certain way. You have to be a certain way just because that's how he was raised. So, we... We can't act as playful or else he'll be like, like, what are you guys doing? Like, why, why are you acting like that? Well, they're here. Why are you like, laughing? Yeah. Like, why are you laughing so loud? Like, just catch you having fun. Yeah. Like <laughs> we seriously have gotten in trouble for like just laughing and playing around. And we're here. Like if we were laughing and playing around like that, she would like join in and like she, she loves to see us having fun. Oh my God. So that's I, how. It me the most joy in the whole wide world. That's why we're more like open to be ourselves and more comfortable here. Yeah. Cause she, she, we grew up with her being a fun person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, like when going to my dad's house and there being a new parent figure there being my stepmom, it was, it was hard because you could tell that she wanted to try and step into that role of being the mom and being like that person in that household. Um, but like to us being the kids, we were like, like we didn't see her as a mom. We didn't see her as that figure yet. Like, you know, to us, she was just a, a new person that was entering the family. And it was, it was hard to become used to her way of, trying to be a parent because she was raised a different way. She comes from a different family. She comes from different rules. And you can tell, like, the way she tried it is to implement it. But so it caused problems, like, like early on. Like, I remember we'd come over all the time and be like, Mom, like, this, this, this happened. Like, it annoyed us. Like, like we don't want to be over there, you know? And um my dad was just like, like, why can't you guys just get along? You know, like, like she's not trying to be your enemy, like, you know all that. But to us, like as a kid, like, it'd be like we didn't see her as that parent figure, like. like and in all, fa- it not to cut you off, but in, in all fairness to my kids, I think maybe I could be wrong, and maybe you guys will touch on this, but I feel like it was hard for them because we got divorced, and literally this person was in their life. From the get-go. Like yeah, right away. like right, right bef- away. before they got divorced, we had been introduced to her. We were already yeah. like, sleeping in their, her house. and like, yeah, so As I, soon so, as they got divorced. So I feel in their defense, I feel like maybe it was hard for them because it's like, okay, so mom's out of the picture, but here's this other person who... Who are you? Like, yeah. who are you? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, my mom's not here, and now you're acting like a whole different way. Like, mom didn't even matter, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. And here this person is. And so, I mean, I just put myself in their shoes, and I'm like, that has to affect them. That has to have some kind of effect. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, I've always, like, said this uh, for me personally. Like, my 
my my parents are still together, but there there was a time in their relationship where they would argue all the time, and like I, I even got to the point where, um, you know, things were being thrown, things were being broken, and I thought, like, oh my god, my parents are gonna get divorced. And you know, one time my mom asked me, she's like, um, you know, what what would you do if you were if your dad were to remarry, or if I were to remarry? I'm like, you know what. I probably wouldn't show um, the same respect to whoever your new spouse is or whoever dad's new spouse is. I'm not going to show them the same respect that I will show my parents, mm-hmm. you know, because um, for this person to try to come into my life and then try to raise me as if they were their own, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, for me personally, like, where do you get off? Yeah. yeah you know, you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, yeah. you're trying to discipline me. Mm-hmm. You're not even my biological parent. Yeah. So why are you trying to implement your rules on me? Like I get it, you're you are my parents' spouse, and I will give you a certain level of respect, the right. most baseline respect. But if you want me to treat you as a parent, you can't just start implementing these rules and stuff like that. Like you've been my parent for since I was born. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think with these kids in their case, like Diego was saying, since they were already introduced to her. Um, at a young age even before you guys were divorced she probably feels like well i already know these kids so i think i have you know this i don't know what sense of entitlement where i know them they know me now this is my time to be like hey right i want to say it was a very complicated first year post-divorce post-separation because like i said she was there from day one Mm -hmm. in their life she was a constant and i mean and now you know, let's fast forward six, seven years later, she's still there. So it's not like that relationship didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like that had a big influence on how, obviously, how they built that relationship with her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm hoping now that it's better. But it is. in all fairness, in all fairness to me, it was it was it was hard to navigate, hard to try for me to encourage them but you know what i was like i have to be the bigger person this is for my kids they have to when they go over there they need to know that it's okay to be there obviously i have no say so in that household and he obviously has no say so in my household Mm -hmm. and it's caused some struggles it's called some it's caused some dynamics between him and i and our relationship and Mm co-parenting but at the end of the day i think we both respect the fact that hey this is your home you navigate it your home you navigate it i try my best to say hey you know she's just trying her best and, you know, she's never had kids, so she's learning with you guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that was the missing piece that people didn't realize. She's learning as she goes. Mm-hmm. She's learning how to be a step-parent as she goes. Will she love you the same way that I love you? Well, no, because like I always say, I birthed you. <laughs> I loved you from the moment I felt you. So, like, it's it's a different type of relationship not to say that she doesn't have your best interest because I know that she does. It just was tough on them because it was just very complicated in the beginning. Mm-hmm. The whole dynamics that we won't get into was complicated. Mm-hmm. So when Nadia says like, you know, how her dad made her feel a certain way, but yet she was expected to respect and like this other person mm-hmm. that pretty much took my spot. And yet she's being told, you're not allowed to miss your mom while you're with me. Why do you want to go over there? Why don't you just want to be with me? And it's like, bro, she was the youngest one. 
If anything, she probably should have spent more time with me. And not just that, but she's been my little sidekick from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was going to school, Nadia was going with me, and I was dropping her off, picking her up. She spent a lot more time with me running around in that sense. Diego and Abby spent a lot of time with me when they were growing up. But because I think they were older, they and they understood a little bit more, whereas Nadia was still the younger one. Mm-hmm. And... And yeah, like the, the what she's talking about, it hurts now to hear her say it. And it hurt even more when it was happening, because I could see that that shut her down a, a little bit. Obviously, that mm-hmm. affected her. I mean, here we are seven years later and she, she, she remembers that. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's a core memory. Legit. That's a core memory for her. And, you know, core memories are important and mm-hmm. how they make you feel. And that's that's shaping her. Mm-hmm. And that makes me sad that one of her core memories with her dad a negative one. is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, what? single parenting, like, how do you help her navigate that? Right. I feel like it's just, you know, hard for you to express what's going on, how you feel in another person's household. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I don't have a, you don't have a say what's going on in their household. So you can't really tell your ex-husband how to parent, how they want to parent, because that's what it is. Right. Yeah. right? The only thing that I can do is say, hey, this is happening this is what I'm noticing. Like, you know, I really feel like maybe you should try this or try that. But I mean, there is a reason that man is my ex-husband. Other than the, <laughs> other than, other than all the personal dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was other. There is a reason why I ended up saying no. Like this, this marriage needs to be done. Like we just are not on the same page. Like mm-hmm. I'm realizing the older I get and the more the kids grow that this is just not something that's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, I will always say, this is not a personal vendetta. I don't care. Do your life. Do you be happy? I want you to be happy because if he's happy, guess what? Kids are happy. My kids are happy. So why would I not wish him the best? Mm-hmm. And that's what I always mm-hmm. said. Like, if you're happy, good. If your home is a more stable one, good for you because my home has not become that stable yet. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the, but do I really need somebody in my life to become stable? No. But it is a little bit more chaotic because I am single. Mm-hmm. And even when I was dating, I got into relationships right away. I moved my kids in with somebody, ended up not being great. But that relationship was not toxic. It just me and that person didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that the kids have any bad memories there. No, he was always good to us, made really good food all the time. Um, <laughs> Poor memory. He did. Shout out to my wee's relationships. Shout out to that person. I, I didn't have that much that, to say. That, I knew it was an end game, but I, I, it was, it was, it was one was where the best. it didn't affect me the way her other um, ones did. Yeah, yeah, and him having kids too, it was, it helped, I feel like it helped him understand like, the whole like raising a kid aspect like he already had two of his own he was kind of in the same situation his kids were kind of in the same situation so he was able to kind of like understand where we were coming from and the whole dilemma yeah. and i want to say like he did a really good job like um or he literally put it to, he built a room for me and all that like um for me to stay in so that relationship was yeah. There's probably, literally like no negative comments there. Yeah, he his that relationship anything, with my mom. I, I'm the one that learned was, something from it. Yeah, that was probably the most. <laughs> like I don't know, say like like I have, my relationship I have is no, a whole another. I have no bad memories in that relationship, yeah. and 
Which for um, me, that's good. Like, I'm like, okay, good. That was not traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Maybe my relationship after that one was. <laughs> but in my defense, like, that was that was something that that was something you know and i know that my kids have a lot to say about this person but at but at the end of the day like how i how nadia even said you know you have to learn to not care what people think because at the end of the day it's my happiness it's my life Mm -hmm. but i also was i also had to read there was moments where i was just very selfish and i think that's where liz comes in and says that's what really upset her mm-hmm. that I was being so selfish in what I wanted. And I was, I was lacking. Maybe I was lacking in the mom role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like when you become single and you start dating at some point, mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. And I just did it later on. And the kids were older, whereas their dad did it right from the get go. Yeah. You know, he, he did, he made his mistakes right away. And now he's at the point where he's, you know, stable. Where I'm still in it. I'm still, when you guys had that episode about dating, fuck. (laughs) Being a single mom and dating, hell no. It's a whole, it's a whole new ball game, you know? Like, you know, Iram came on and she was like, I don't want to date anybody who has a kid. And then it's like the reality is like, who who doesn't have a kid in your 30s? Like, show me, where are you? They it's need, hard. It's a needle in a haystack. It's hard. It's hard. And so it's so when you date somebody and and then I guess my luck has been I've ended up dating guys that I've taken serious who don't have kids. Mm-hmm. And that's become a struggle. Like so the first guy that I was that we ended up moving in with, I mean he had his kids but they were young. They were, they were young. little, they were the yeah. But the problem that ended up ended up like the relationship splitting up more internal was was lack of understanding like like i said i wanted to co-parent i respected the kid's dad i respected that relationship that i had with them i you know what i mean like if he would call me and say hey this needs to happen this needs to happen i was not accommodating but understanding whereas the guy that i was dating Mm -hmm. he was like oh you're doing that because you're still in love with them and i'd be like I think, no, I, I remember from that relationship, I could hear a lot of my mom just saying, like, like, they already have a dad. Like, I'm not looking for you to be a father figure to them because they have that. Uh-huh. And, but I like, at this, I, yeah, in a way. I think at the same time, I think them both having kids of their own and dating each other help them. But at the same time, I just always remember her like mentioning that is like, you're, I'm not trying to have you be their dad. Like they already have one. Like you can't replace them. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was hurtful, but that's truth. I wasn't <laughs> looking for somebody to come in and be like, Hey, be their dad. No, but I didn't want that responsibility for him. So that's why I would say mm-hmm. like, you know, be there for them, help me embrace them. Mm-hmm. But their dad is their dad and I have to give their dad like, that's their dad. That's there's, their dad. There's no you way know, around like, it. I, no yeah. Way around it. And, and me and that was something that we had to learn all of us everybody because i was the first in probably my dad's side of the family and my mom's side of the family which is huge who actually was actually divorced living on her own trying to raise kids mm-hmm. i mean to my knowledge mm-hmm. i feel like and it was so public you know what i mean like it wasn't like a private matter that happened like this was out there you know everybody yeah everybody knew that i was divorced everybody knew that i was living with my mom um it was just known and so i was navigating this 
as best as I could. And I was talking, listening, going to therapy, Mm -hmm. trying my best to do just being a sponge and being like, okay, trial and error, trial and error. And, and yeah, I was like, they don't need a dad. And to this day, I still say the same thing. My kids don't need a dad. Their dad, he needs to be their dad. Mm -hmm. And that is the responsibility that I put on him. Like, Mm -hmm. you're the dad, be the dad. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't want it, if you don't want that responsibility, then okay. But thank God, thank God that he has taken on that role. That he didn't just be like, okay, well they're going to be with you all the time. Because I didn't allow that either. Like, no, you're their dad. They're always going to be your kids. They're our kids, and that's something that that's caused problems. Because I'm like, they're our kids. Me and you are going to decide how this is going to be handled. Me and you. I know you have a spouse and you need to respect that person, but at the end of the day, these are our kids because your spouse can walk out on you at any moment and guess who's stuck with these kids? Me and you. Why? Because they're our kids. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I think about it. And so that's how I treat my significant others when they come into the picture. Like, you may not like the relationship that I have with their, with their dad, but at the end of the day... It's still their dad. He's always going to be in the picture, so... Guess guess what relationship is more important to be okay with? Their dad. Mm-hmm. And some people don't see it that way. Like there's moms out there that are like, fuck that baby daddy. And I'm I might say that, but I don't really mean it. Like it's just it's just like a expression, but I don't really mean that. Like, no, not fuck their baby daddy because he needs to be around. Mm-hmm. And and my kids, they need their dad. Mm-hmm. And I've known that. Now, speaking of like uh, having a, a, a the other parent being around for you, Diego, um, since you're not always with your father, in terms of being a man, like you, you don't have like a constant father figure or like a, I, I don't maybe maybe overstepping my boundaries when I say this, but a, a positive male role model because mm-hmm. um, you know like you're you're always switching between your dad's house and your mom's house. Like, how has it been hard for you to try to navigate your way? into becoming uh, a man now that you're you know getting up in age where technically you are a man who do you well, we're trying to raise a man yeah we're trying to raise a man what, yeah. what's your baseline like who who can you refer to if not for your father obviously my dad's that that dad figure like i he's who i'm gonna look up to as a dad um i'm gonna say that when i was younger when they first got divorced he would always tell me, right, like, you, you're, you need to be the man. You're, like, you're the only one at your mom's house. You need to be the man. So, like, when I was younger, like, it was hard for me to understand that concept. I'm, I'm, I'm still a kid. Like, I don't understand what it means to be a man, you know? Um, I'm gonna say as I got older, it just became more of a thing, like, like, my dad never, he, he never taught me how to shave. He never taught me how to, like, like, do those type of things that, like, you think, like, a dad would do. So, like, there's a lot of things that I did have to figure out on my own. I had to, had to learn on my own. Um, but his way of teaching, it's, it's different. Like, he, he just gives you, like, a, like a heads up or, like, a little piece of advice, but he's not gonna explain it to you. Like, when yeah, I, I was gonna say, when, like, he, like, he just tells you what you need to do, but he's not gonna help you do it. He's not gonna, like, here's a razor, you. figure it out. He's not gonna, yeah, like, he's not gonna guide you through it. He's just gonna tell you what you need to do, how you need to do it. And pretty much good luck, go fly on your own, you know? And that's how he is. And to go back, like, I mean, this is this is why I, I'm no longer married to the man. Because he had, like, handled the shit. Oh, your car broke down on the side of the road? Well, what the fuck? You're an adult. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. Thank, thanks, husband, for coming to save me. <laughs> which, which I feel like, and maybe you guys will agree or not agree, but I feel like he's become a better father and he's become a better spouse because of the divorce. And I am grateful for that because why wouldn't I be? Again, it benefits my kids in that aspect. But I, I still feel like him and I are still trying to navigate how to be how to become better parents. And that is something that I have struggled that, you know, he comes at me about you're not disciplined enough. You're not this enough, you know, and Liz and I are very like, Oh, my baby. We coddle a lot. And so that's why I know Diego was a very emotional person. And, and he likes that. Like he likes that. He likes that environment. And with his dad, it's very stern, very, I think like, that's what like that's what made it really hard because it was always when you guys were together like like he was the harder one and then I could always go to you after like you're more understanding like he was the put down the hammer and you were let's heal up the wound um mm-hmm. and so when you guys get divorced I like that when you when you got divorced I feel like him as a dad and as a person struggled trying to get those emotions out of us to him. It was just like, why can't you just tell me? Why can't you just explain to me what's wrong with you? Why can't you just, and it's because you just it, was, it wasn't from the get go. It wasn't like that. Yeah. Like like it, he was a provider to then, the T. Uh-huh. He was a provider and I was a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. I was the one that was nurturing and doing all that stuff. So, I mean, it was adjustment for everybody. Like yeah. literally it was an adjustment for everybody. And, and, I mean, again, like as a mom, you're trying to figure out, like, fuck, am I doing this right? Am I fucking them up for the rest of their lives? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that is well, it no. to be seen. Well, no. <laughs> I, f- I feel that like you both did your best and you both are trying your best. Um, I think another thing that made it really hard was when you were together, there was like a, a middle ground for the rules you wanted in the house, the way you wanted to raise it and all that. And then when you separated, it was more of, it was all of dad's rules. There was no compensation for how you felt or how you wanted to raise it. Like it was just what he wanted and that. So to that, I feel like I kind of created like a, like a dual personality. I want to say like, like I'm one way with my dad, but I'm another way. I'm one person with my dad, but I'm one person with my mom, you know, Mm -hmm. like I can be more of more relaxed, more like just more like, easygoing and i know how i can be and what's okay and what she accepts and then i know what my dad accepts and how i need to be when i'm there like i need to be more and just listening to that like how like being a teenager nowadays is just hard enough and like and now having to navigate two parents two personalities it's okay to be one way here and it's okay to be another way there Mm -hmm. so that's why I mean, and even their dad's like, you want to be their friend, that's fine. And it's like, no, it's I'm not trying to be their friend. I just need them to know that there's a safe space for them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Because they even say it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to create a an environment where it's like, oh, my house is better than his. No. By all means, like again, I will repeat, if his house is a stable place, we all know children need stable environments. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And, and I so, think it's a good mix. Like, and, yeah, and so it's it's a great mix. And I mean, even I tell, I even tell their dad, like, hey, it's a balance. Like, if you want to lay the hammer down, lay the hammer down. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like I'm being disciplined enough, then you discipline them. I will try my best over here. But if that's not how I am, 
I'm not going to make myself be that way so that when they're with you and with me, they just feel like this freaking wrath is just always going to come down on them. That's, that's, I, not, that's not healthy. And I do remember, like, at first, it was it was more of a problem then than it is now. Like, like my dad would text my mom, like, hey, like, why are you letting them be like this over here? Why am I hearing this? Why, why are you not doing anything about it? Because he was still trying to parent us while we were with you. And that was, that was a hard part. Like, like, why are you allowing him to act like this, be like this? Mm-hmm. And then we get over there and we hear, hear it from him when we got there. And I think that's where it, it like created that, that dual personality. Like trying to co-parent, uh huh. Mm-hmm, trying like, to co-parent and, and get along with that, with the dad or with the spot, with the ex-spouse. I think it's harder than just being a single mom and not having the other person around because mm-hmm. you mean, you know, like it's all, it's all on you. It's all on you and you're responsible for that. But when you're trying to co-parent and trying to raise healthy kids and trying to make them feel like it's, you know, this is different. Yes, but we're it's, still there. We're still there. Mm-hmm. It does become a little bit more exhausting for me. It's been exhausting because again, like I said, I could say fuck him. I could easily, but I don't because I know that that's my kid's dad. And and at the end of the day, I want my kids to have a good relationship with their dad. And that's so important to me. It's so important to me. Like he's always going to have a say no matter what, because that's their dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, while you're co-parenting, where is the middle ground? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's something that him and I both have had to try and really navigate. Um, and And I'm sure that it's been hard for him, too, because he's even told me, like, you know, I'm talking over here to my spouse and I'm talking to you and I'm having to deal with both of your, you know, girl emotions. And it's just like, OK, well, sorry, I'm, I don't feel sorry for you. you like, chose that life. Yeah, like you, exactly. You chose that life. That That's all on you. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to apologize for wanting to have a good relationship with you for the sake of our kids. It's not for you. I've never once said, hey, I miss you. I want to get back with you. No, because I knew that that door's closed. Let's keep it closed. Our kids don't need to be any more confused than what they have already been. Mm-hmm. So if that's the life you chose, you deal with that. But we need to be, we need to be okay for our kids' sake. Mm-hmm. And in my again, my biggest thing is like, hey, I'm pretty sure your dad's pissed off at me. So let me know how things go over there because if he's taking it out on them, that's not okay either. And I'm not going to take out my anger on them because I'm not getting along with their dad. Mm-hmm. And that's something that. Again, single parents have to figure out if you're mad at baby daddy, is it your kid's fault? Mm, no, not really. It's just emotions that I have to control. Mm-hmm. I think that when them two are fighting and we can see that, um, that's where for me, Liz came in and she was like my parachute, I guess you could say, like. She was always there. So like, Same cause, grace. Yeah, because as growing up, she was, like, as we said, she was our second mom, basically. Like, we grew up with her, and she was always there for us. So when my parents were always fighting, and I could see that, I didn't want to say anything to them because they talked to each other. Like, if we're mad or upset with one of our parents and we talk about it with our other parent, and, like, nine times out of ten, they end up, like, talking about it to each other. So for me, at least, to avoid that fighting between them, especially as when I was younger, 
I would just always go to Liz because she was like, she was my comfort person more. And I, I just felt safe talking to her because she wasn't in the drama, but she was still always there for me. And it was a I mutual because even now they even tell me, I mean, we literally just had a little conversation before we started the podcast about they'll say stuff about their dads. And then I'll have my two cents about it. And they're like, mom, you say stuff and you don't even need to say anything. And it's like, <laughs> it's just because I've known their dad most of my life. You know, I met him when I was 16. I'm now 36. I've known him. 20 years. Yeah, for 20 years. So sometimes when I say things, it's my personal opinion because I know that man. Mm-hmm. And so that's my bad because they don't, they don't need to know my personal feelings. And... And I know that their dad doesn't say personal feelings not around them, but I I do I do throw shade and that's my bad. <laughs> but so now you being the second mom, um, when these kids would come to you, Liz, um, I wouldn't say it's your burden, but like you're shouldering the weight of someone else's struggles on your shoulder when you hear these stories. Is that safe to say? Yes. Yeah. So how how did you have to navigate through that being like well, I mean you were you weren't on the outside looking in, like you were still kinda you know, you were inadvertently grouped in to that whole mess because mm-hmm. of you know, the kids and they would come to you as their, you know, safety net when they couldn't talk to their parents. So how would you have to, how would you navigate through that? I would just listen. That's because mm-hmm. I was like, Well, they just need somebody to listen to them. Mm-hmm. So I would just listen. I would ask them, like, do you want to know what I have to say? Do you need my opinion about it? Like, what do you want me to be for you? And I would just be their ear. If it was enough to where I was like, okay, well, I have to talk to their parents. I had to talk to Noemi. I had to tell them. Then I would. Or I'd be like, you know what? Like, maybe this isn't something I have to bring up to your mom. This is how you should bring it up to your mom. Mm -hmm. I would just let them know, like, talk to your mom about it, but tell her this way to help her understand it better Mm -hmm. to get your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts out in a way that your mom isn't going to have to dig. And you're just sitting there and just looking at her and saying, I don't know you, you, she knows what you're, what you're thinking, what you're feeling and she'll understand you and you can go somewhere from there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it didn't get bad until Naomi started dating a certain person. That's when it, that's when it started really affecting me. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, I'm these, I'm these kids. I, I will fight I think for because them. <laughs> when I started dating this person, I didn't, I didn't go wild, but I really started to enjoy more so going out. And again, it was an entire adjustment because I used to not drink. I used to do, not do a lot of things, but it's because I was in this mom role and I thought the expectation was your mom. You don't drink. You don't go out and have drunken nights. Like I had girls night maybe once a year. Mm. Once a year, if that. I And it wasn't even like a wild girls night. So, you know, some people might say, oh, you're you're acting out because you didn't get to be wild and fun when you were young. No, like I just truly enjoy going out now. Like I realize like I enjoy being around people. I enjoy talking. I enjoy like I enjoy drinking. I really do. And it's been a stressful past three years. And so sometimes just drinking helps you just freaking relax. And so that has been adjustment for everybody, everybody in my family, mm-hmm. including my kids, including my parents, including my sisters, 
because they know. Like the other day, my mom's like, what's wrong? You look really sad. And I was like, mom, I'm hungover. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, I thought something was wrong. And I was like, no, I'm just a little hungover today. So, you know, like, so that's, I mean, just saying that out loud around your kids is like, is that okay? And it's like, I don't care if it's not okay or not. Like, my kids know that I go out. My kids know that I'm living my life how I want it. Could I be home and just always stuck at home and always just working and not doing anything and not enjoying my life? I could be. But I want to go out and live my life and be happy for myself and for my kids. Mm-hmm. What, Nadia? I think exactly what she just said is like how I saw her being selfish at that time mm-hmm. when she was going out a lot. And I think when we would talk about it, especially to Liz, that's when she would get the most frustrated because as she was saying, like she wanted to live her life how she wanted to live it. But I was in like sixth grade at that time. So I was like, I, I grew up enough to understand like the entire thing, but it was hard because she was just always going out and had like, she didn't know that they didn't know that side of me. Like she stopped to work. She would work like two times a week and go out every single night. Well, not every single night, but she wasn't working. But most of the time she was going out when she didn't have work. So it was like, I just had to like stay home by myself. And that's where me, Diego and Abby got in the most trouble as like them growing up that's when they got in the most trouble just because she was leaving us home alone a lot mm-hmm. and then <laughs> that is not true no, i've left you guys home no. a lot <laughs> i've left you guys home a lot more you know i think you have a different view because they didn't it didn't bother them that that you dated and you went out it bothered them that it was your week and you were gone and, and you were going gone. on and yeah. i try to tell you that and you're like whatever it's my life i'm doing what i want and i'm like I get it. Trial and error. Live your life. You're supposed to find yourself. You're single. Whatever. Date. Go out. I was like, you literally have a week without your fucking kids. <laughs> Take that fucking week for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I go think, to no, work. No, not even, not even go to work and be with your kids that one week. I was like, you literally have them think, every other week. And, and I think this is why it was also hard. So because angry. when I work night shift, I've worked night shift since I started my nursing career. Mm-hmm. So if I went out. It was also another night where I was not home. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that I started leaving you guys alone, alone without somebody there. That wasn't until they were like, I was like seventh grade. Older, but yeah. yeah. So then that means that they were all already at least 13. So, you know, so it's not like they were eight, seven and five. And I was fucking at the club booty shaking it while my kids were by themselves at home. Well, no, but like it would but still they, bother them. It still we bothered them. We weren't them. used to it. It we still bothered them. It, but because they weren't used to it, I yeah. was always home. Mm-hmm. So if their dad did it, they were like, okay, whatever. But if I did it, it was like, mom's doing it. But I also think because they wanted to spend time with you and they're yeah. like, we yeah. want to spend time with mom, but mom doesn't want to spend time with us. And She'd rather go. That was party. not the case at all. It's but not that's that not I, what they understood. Right, exactly. Exactly. So that's not what they understood. And so again, I had to learn, I had to learn how to be, how to manage that. My time, my time, and then my time with them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for purpose, just to understand the whole dynamic is I get, 
I get the kids one week at a time. And then they go to their dads for another week. And that's how we switch off. One week on, one week off. So, you know, for me, it was like, when do I work? So that if I do go out, I'm still only gone three days out of the week that I have them out of the seven. And and again, because I work night shift, if I work nights, three nights out of the seven, they didn't see me for those three nights. They saw me for a little bit after they got out of school and then I was gone. So... But that what's that that is what worked best for me as a single person living on my own. That is the shift that I needed to a make more money and not have to work overtime. I normally don't work overtime. I don't. I put in my thirty six hours and I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying to spend my life working, working, working. Not because I don't like to, but because there is so much more other many more other things that I want to focus on or just spend my time on. And there was a there was a time frame where I was going out and I was in and I was enjoying that, but I think it's because I didn't enjoy it while I was married. Mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy it not as a single person and I didn't enjoy it for myself and I didn't really enjoy it while I was with their dad. I mean, I think when his their dad and I got divorced, we had just him and I as a couple had just barely started to adventure out and going out mm-hmm. and going on trips just him and I because I've always been on oh we're going on vacation kids are coming and he's been the type of like why mm-hmm. well why not these are freaking kids I want them to enjoy vacations too and I'm still that way every time I go somewhere I'm like can the kids come mm-hmm. and most of the time if I'm going somewhere the kids are going and when they're not with me boy do I hear about it <laughs> boy do I hear about going on a vacation without them Yeah. but their dad goes and they're like whatever he well it's different no, because he doesn't it mention it at all like yeah he, you never he went to anything. the dominican for a week two weeks didn't say th- something until he got back and yeah. they keep their they keep their trips like secret like one time my mom knew about it she she told us about a trip they were gonna go on and i mentioned it to them and they were just like oh we're just going on a trip like they keep a lot of things secretive whereas my mom is like more so open more open everything. but in her relationships for me in the past like three years she she's very secretive towards the start Mm -hmm. but like once we meet them she opens up more and as her daughter i wish she was more open from the start because all all the relationships i can remember since she's gotten divorced she doesn't mention them until like they're serious like they're like, what the hell? Who's this person? All yeah. of a sudden, yeah. all of a it's, sudden, it's because you go from like zero. You literally go from zero to a hundred, dude. But because you, I'm a like, hopeless you, romantic. You, it's you, true. You bring these men into their lives, and they're they're in them already. And then these kids are like, who the fuck is this dude? Yeah, yeah. Instead of being slowly yeah. introduced. <laughs> as a kid, I don't like. As your child, I don't like that. But from your point of view, I can understand. Like, you don't want to introduce something. If you, if, if you're not, not serious, sure about it. Yeah. which I can understand from you, your point of view, but from us, it's like, I wish I was more like, um, like my toes were dipped in the water a little like bit aware. before he was, before like it was just like submerged. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is my bad. And sometimes it's because it's like, oh, it's fuck fair. it. It's already happening. Like, well, no, that's fair. Cause I mean, like. What if it really isn't serious and you guys break up the next day and you're like, oh, I already introduced these kids. Like, say they already I, knew about yeah, you. Yeah, like, but so, it's not like she, but she also doesn't 
she's always told them like don't like the, the at least the men she dates you're not going to be their dad mm-hmm. so the kids don't get attached that way mm-hmm. right no but what she's saying is like I, I, it's fair like her way of thinking like i don't want to i mean it's kind of like you know double a double-sided sword like yeah i don't want to introduce these guys to you on the off chance that it's not going to be serious or in the off chance that it is serious you know he's going to be here but on the off chance that it's not serious i don't want to keep introducing these guys to you and they're just going to be in and out of your lives the whole time like what's that going to do for them like oh my mom's a floozy you know <laughs> your mom's a hoe yeah you know it's like oh my mom's a floozy no, she's always I think dating these guys just like hey make us aware that you're dating somebody yeah. hmm. and not just bring a guy and like oh yeah we've been dating for months this is who he is and now he's going to be over at the house all the time I think when she moved in to the house with her ex-boyfriend that had kids that was really hard on me because she had already told Diego all about him and me and Abby knew nothing. So like one time we were just walking around Target and he calls her and Diego's like looking at my mom and she's like, and they're just like trying to like do this little telepathy thing going on. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there lost and she just like, she just tries to hide it. And later Diego was telling me like before that moment, they had been like talking for months and they were like really serious. And then we moved in pretty fast and it was really hard for me because That's not true. Because him and I dated for like a year before we moved in together. But it it was still went really fast like like <laughs> we we sold our car to get a bigger car to accommodate for all of us together. But we were already living together at that time. Yeah. Less like less than a year though. So because in my because I thought it I thought this relationship was a good relationship for me. I really thought that this person was good for me and good for my family and for good for my kids. And I mean, out of all the relationships that I've had, I think that's the best one that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I took it serious. You know, we I had three kids. He had two kids. We didn't have a family vehicle, and so him and I decided, okay, let's get a family vehicle because we traveled a lot. We were going to Mexico once every, a month. Every weekend. We were doing things together as a family. <laughs> every weekend. Yeah, it was we every were, weekend. because his family was from Mexico, and so, like, you know, we were doing we were doing family things, and so we needed a family vehicle, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I do go from zero to 100 real fast, mm-hmm. but I also, I'm also that hopeless romantic where I... I say I don't want a man and I don't need a man, which is true. I don't need a man. But I am that person, and this is where Liz has her, like, opinions. Mm-hmm. I am that person where I want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I truly do want to be in a relationship. I truly enjoy having somebody in my life. And and listen, when my kids are gone for a week, it's just me in my house. I have time to spend with somebody, and so I want to spend time with somebody. Mm-hmm. And my sister's like, you just don't even know how to be freaking on your own. True. I've never been on my own. Since the moment that I was 14, I've always been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. This is probably the longest <laughs> that I've, I've spent single. And even now, I'm not single. I'm currently talking to somebody. The mm-hmm. kids have already met him. And this is where they talk about, like, all of a sudden, there's fucking somebody in your life again. Right. Like, Well, this one I found out about early on just because... Every time she would go out, she was more open about who she was going with rather than when we were younger or but like. But now they ask questions, not yeah. just like, well, who is he? Well, cause, well, that <laughs> year span that she didn't, like, she was going out a lot and it affected us, like, 
everyone a lot. She wasn't talking about who she was going with or how it went. Like, after she would come home, she wouldn't talk about it. Like, she was very secretive and private about it. So that's why now that I'm older, or I guess two years later, I ask more questions because I want to know what she's doing. Like, I get it. She has her private life, and she can do whatever she wants, like, when we're away from her. And I know she needs that, but I also, like, want to know what she's doing, like, and who her friends are. And so now I'm more comfortable with her going out because I know her friends and I know who she's going out with. So it's not a big deal for me anymore. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I I do want to say, though, like, because I've always kind of been an advocate for um, forgiving, like, your parents Mm -hmm. for the stuff that they've done. We did that podcast. Um, you know, cause I, like I said, I've always been an advocate for like forgiving your parents. Um, and especially for single parents, you know, they're still human too, mm-hmm. right? Humans have wants and needs. And for your case, you all, you want to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. right? Can't really fault you for wanting to be in a relationship because you're human. That's what humans want. Humans, humans want desire that. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. You want, you want to be in a partnership. A relationship. A partnership. Partnership. <laughs> a situation. I'm currently in a situation. Yeah, well, you know, like, you, like, I, like, I, I can get where these kids are coming from. Like, oh, like, or where Liz is coming from. Like, oh, like, dude, just be find yourself first before you get into a relationship. But at the same time, like, yeah, I can do that. But I'm also human. Like, I, this is kind of what I want. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have to feed into that because yeah. that's what I want. I. I I can suppress it as much as I can, but ultimately I'm going to want to be in a relationship. Um, and you know, she's, she's come home sometimes and she's told me about what's going on. Like, Oh my God, no, Amy's doing this and this and this. I'm <laughs> Not like, anymore because I, cause I saw how much it affected me and I was like so fucking angry. Anytime I thought about it, I was like, I'm done asking her about her dating life. I don't want to know what yeah. the fuck she's doing. She wouldn't doing. even ask me. It was just, she was noticing she was seeing. And the thing is, is like, okay, so I, I, my kids are on my all of my social media. Mm-hmm. My kids are all on my social media. They are not blocked from anything. So whatever I post, they see. And then they relay to her. And so, well, my sister sees it too. Uh-huh. You know, like I, so I'm very well aware of what I'm posting. And, and some people would be like, oh my God, your kids follow you. They see that. And I'm like. They know. <laughs> they know. Like, why, why would I want to be somebody completely different? Like, I already know how that's affected them. Yeah. When I was hiding a yeah. certain way of myself mm-hmm. i saw how it was affecting them because they never saw that part of me and why am i trying to like portray i'm a certain way mm-hmm. when that's not really true like this is who i am mm-hmm. my kids are going to learn to accept people for who they are and my kids are going to learn how to accept me for who i am and and we're going to grow from that mm-hmm. and so I'm very well aware of what I'm posting. Sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck. What did I just put on there? So when I'm going out, I'm like, somebody put my phone away, put the phone away, take it away, don't post shit. Mm -hmm. But that's because I still have to have my privacy still as an adult and as a parent. I still have to have some privacy so that they respect me as their mom. Mm -hmm. Because if. Yes, if I become too much of their friends, then they won't respect that I deserve mm-hmm. my privacy. Mm-hmm. As, yes, they're kids, and yes, they're my teenagers, they deserve privacy too to an certain extent. And I feel like that is something that we all have to respect. Like, we each deserve our own privacy so long as it's not hurting anybody. 
And I, and that's something that I've had to navigate to doing this on my own is how much, how much is okay to, to express how much is okay to share. Am I oversharing? How transparent can you be? How transparent, exactly. How transparent can I be with them? And when, Mm -hmm. you know, when Nadia talks about, you know, she at least wants to have a heads up. She doesn't want to be blindsided. I can respect that because Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to be, you know, nobody wants to be blindsided. It's hard. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I guess we're on the relationship topic. Yeah, no, I mean, well, uh, yeah, it is kind of what it is. Like, you know, like going back to parents being human, like, yeah, you're still human. Um, so you're going to, you're, you're going to have these, you know, innate feelings for something. And, you know, your kids kind of have to, or you guys have to understand that. Nadia pretty has a good grasp on it. I'm sure Diego does too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to, you know, you know, being in a relationship, like, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. And I think these kids know it's mm-hmm. going to happen. I'm going to, I may end up alone. I may not, but from my personal perspective, I do want to be in a relationship and I want to be in a healthy relationship, especially coming out of a really unhealthy relationship and not, and I'm not going to say that the guy was a piece of shit. It's just, it's okay. I'll say it. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, it was hard for me to get anybody to respect him because he was just doing very... He was doing some real... Um, Shady-ass fucking shit. Not even that. Um, from my standpoint, outside of looking in, like, maybe it's really minuscule. Maybe it's just for me. Like, I'm really big on, like, uh, when you greet someone, especially if they're not... Even if they're just... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you come into the, this household, you greet someone. You greet everyone, right? Uh-huh. You go by, especially it's big in Hispanic culture, mm-hmm. Mexican culture too. You got to go around the house, greet everybody, yeah. shake their hand, give them a hug, give them a kiss, whatever. This guy shake nobody's hand. He wasn't like that. No. He didn't shake nobody's hand. Yeah, he was. My sister, my older sister called him out on yeah. that shit too, and I was like, "Good for you, yes." Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, but like when I say nobody but no. Noemi like this man, nobody but Noemi oh. like this man. It's just because we all I didn't care. we all saw how he affected her yeah. and how she how he changed. You were the her worst and, of yourself with him, and I think it it caused. I think Diego can maybe agree, like seeing her. In this relationship affected how we will go by loving our like in the future our partners and how Diego I, Diego will go by loving his current girlfriend like seeing the hurt that like she went through because of him is gonna change how Diego is gonna treat his girlfriend and it's gonna make me and Abby realize what type of guy we want to date and to like, like, settle for like what we want because we've seen her hurt from multiple guys, not just him. So we know what it's like, what certain traits cause. And I think he, he, he was a portrayed huge, a lot. He of was those. just a really huge. Dickhead. L- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a really huge learning lesson. And I guess, and not to, yeah. not to defend him, but, Remember when you guys were talking about in previous podcasts, like the whole machismo? He was very. He was raised in a very machista way. He's very egotistical. To this day, I still have communication with him. He's still the same way. And, you know, and I could tell him, I'm like, you're just a toxic ass fucking person. Like, now I can, I can distinguish there's no feelings crossing over. Mm -hmm. I can, 
I hold my boundary and I'm able to hold it with him now. Whereas before it was hard because I really did love him. I saw all the good in, in him. Mm. So that's what I loved. And so that's what I was trying to keep. Like, I know you're going to get there. I know you're going to be a better man. I know you will. I know you will. But he was just very devastating and just disappointed every single time. And at the end of the day, like, you just heard it right here. Like, the kids ended up learning something from it. Yes, it was traumatizing. I hurt a lot. I've never cried so much in my life for a relationship because of this dude. But at the end of the day, I need to be responsible too. Mm. A lot of what happened was my fault because mm. I allowed it. I kept going back. I kept allowing this person back in my life. Mm -hmm. So it's not all his fault. A lot of it is on me too. Mm -hmm. I should have, I should have ended it the moment I realized what type of person he was, but I didn't. I kept allowing it to happen and allowing it to happen. And the kids saw me hurt. They did. They really see, they saw me go through a different type of hurt than what they saw me go compared to as whenever their dad and I separated and got divorced. I mean, it was very different, mm -hmm. very different. And I mean, it's impacted my life a lot, but it's also helped me grow. You know, we always are growing and in my relationships, it's, it's helped me figure out, okay, this is, I have issues with keeping boundaries. I really do. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I had to learn because of this dude. So that's life. That's, that's life. That's life. Life is a lot of trial and error and tribulations and, you know, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Ooh, wow. We are at a, an hour and 40 minutes in. <laughs> this is probably one of the longer ones that hopefully I can up, upload it, but, um, or we can separate it into two. Oh, we, we can do, we can do a part two, part two. Or just do line. two separate ones. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like this is a topic and most people like talk about being single, but, being single when you have kids is not just about being single. Like the kids have, they should have a lot of say so and they should be able to, they should not dictate, but help navigate how you want to live your life. And, mm -hmm. and my kids have definitely done that. Mm -hmm. I, I say like, I am an advocate for, um, forgiving your parents. Mm -hmm. You know, they are human. They are ultimately going to do what they want to do because they're human. And in your case, you, you had to grow up fast, mm -hmm. right? Because you were mm -hmm. already in a relationship at such a young age. You had kids at such a young age, and then you kind of didn't know what it was to be without a spouse. Yeah, I right? didn't. I had no idea what it was like to yeah. just be on my own. You want to do the things that you couldn't do before when you were younger at this age now, but it's kind of harder for you because you have children here and mm -hmm. you were a single parent, so you're like you're navigating how to raise kids and finding yourself as well mm -hmm. and that's why i say like you guys should forgive your mom in certain aspects of her life because yes she is raising you to the best of her ability but at the same time she's also trying to find herself and I, you guys understand that yeah you guys have a pretty good grasp on that um you know aspect um but yeah definitely it is you know a, a learning situation and even when you guys are i'm sure older you still have to kind of navigate your way through that as well mm -hmm. So, and I just hope that even as they get older, they're still able to come to Liz. They're still able to come to me mm -hmm. and, and be able to talk to us. Like I'm, I'm not trying, I, I guess the difference between the way that Liz and I were raised 
there is still a difference because Liz was living at home for a while. I mean, I left the house at 18. And how old were you? Uh, 20. No, when I left the house. Oh, when you left the house? You were 18. I was eight. Yeah. So, I mean. And then our our mom definitely changed up her style. Yeah, she she was not raised in the exact same way that my sisters and I were raised. And so. So Liz does have from a ver- from the very get go. Liz did get this like I am me, respect me. I'm not gonna listen to no man shit type of attitude. <laughs> whereas fuck my, yeah. Whereas my older sisters and I, I mean, one of my sisters is like, Mom, I'm the way that I am because this is what you taught me. Like you and all my aunts showed me that this is the way that I'm supposed to be. So how now here you are telling me I'm not supposed to put up with the man shit when. All I know my whole life is was put is put up with man shit. <laughs> and so I I did get some of that too, you know? Like mm-hmm. I remember going home with my ex-husband, not home but taking him like to to Texas and and him being around my my papi Pancho, may he rest in peace and he'd be like, "Mija, ya lo serviste." And it's like the man has two hands, his two damn feet. <laughs> he knows damn where the motherfucking food is. He can serve himself. But I was still ingrained at 22, 23, 24. Hey, your man's hungry. What are you going to feed him? Mm-hmm. There's food right there. Aren't you going to serve him his plate? And you're just like, well, I guess I am. I guess. I guess I am. To. I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Whereas... Now, I'm sure Liz is like, Wilson's hungry. He can go get his own damn food. Wilson makes his own damn food. Yeah, no, like she. But like Wilson is different too. I think if I was dating a Mexican guy, it would definitely things would be a lot different. But Wilson's always been really independent. He's like, I can do it myself. You don't have to do this for me. And and now I'm a little bit. I'm and now I I'm not to this. I will still serve a man's plate, not because that's what I'm supposed to do, but because I want to. Yeah. Mm That's the difference now. I think that's how it should be. Like the the whole thing with like um, being machismo or like this whole like being raised machista. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And even when Liz tried to explain it to me to for me to have like a better understanding, I'm like, what? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like you are the the man. You you're the provider. You 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 are. You know you're on top, and everyone else is below you. Oh shit! <laughs> and just to just to interrupt for just a minute, I think machismo. Is not men's fault. I think machismo is a women's fault. Ooh. A mom fault. Ooh. And that's a whole topic. And I've, Ooh. I've learned that. Fuego topic. Yeah, it is. Hot topic. <laughs> because yes. that's like a bomb drop when I realized like, and I, I learned that because of my ex-boyfriend, uh-huh. because I realized you are not how you are because your dad taught you to be this way. It's because your mom allowed you mm. to be this way. Because I see my son and I'm like, I'm raising a son. He's not even like that. I'm not raising my son to be machismo and to say, Mom, where's my food? How come you didn't feed me today? Mm. Boy, you, are you hungry? There's a fridge. There's something to eat. If, if I'm doing these things for you, it's my responsibility, not because I have to. And you're, you're going to, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Mexican moms raise their boys to be that way, to mm. expect the woman to do that shit. So now these men have this, feeling of entitlement and oh you better mm-hmm. so again wow. fire topic i really think it's a woman's a mom's fault that this machismo has been able to go for so long 
because we have the ability to to break that. Yeah, we really do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any Mexican moms that listen to this podcast, hit the DMs if you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, yeah. I will fight you. Yeah. Show me otherwise. <laughs> yeah. well, cra- I never saw it from that standpoint. Well, cool. Yeah. Not cool, but... <laughs> Interesting. But it, it, I mean, let's yeah. put perspective into it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally went off topic. No, there, no, no. Well, that's kind of... Yeah. I, mean, I was already on that topic. Anyway. But I mean, as a single mom, do I want to raise... As a Mexican, do I want my son to be a machista? Hell no. no. We wouldn't even allow it. No. Yeah, no. No. And I and I don't I don't like it. I don't want my son to be that way. I don't want my... I also don't want my son to be... I don't want my son to think that as a man, he's entitled to... Or, as a, or not just anything. anything, but not just that anybody. But I don't also want him to think like you're the man of the house. You have to take care of this. You have to be this. Mm-hmm. Like you should know better. Um, no, son, you're still a child. I don't care if at 18 legally somebody says you're an adult. You are still a child up until like literally you're 28. You still have childlike behaviors and childlike thoughts. I'm raising you to be a man. For a long time. I got one more year. Tell them I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> one more year. I'm almost there. Okay, but do you think that four years ago you could have proposed to somebody and been like, I'm ready to be married? No. In hindsight. No, I don't think so. Uh, I definitely had some growing up to do and like a lot of thinking. So mm-hmm. I definitely I, <laughs> wasn't going to happen back then. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like I tell my kids like, do not be in a rush to be married. I don't care what the what the woman says. Thank you. Shut up. <laughs> we were not. three years in and I was like, are we doing this or not? That you, mean, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you don't take the relationship serious. No, I still took it serious. I was like, but if, uh, no, but as my, a man, but I, on my, his end. Yeah. Yeah, and my so end. my son's in, I'm like, you. Can, I don't care if you're dating her for five years. If you don't feel like you're ready to make that commitment. I'm ready. She wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 got the, I got the ring right now. I'm actually going to allow it. I'm actually going to allow it. I'm going to bleep her name out just for safety reasons. Do you really think about this? But, okay, but maybe he says he's ready. Good. I hope that you really feel and you really know what it takes to be in a committed relationship. But again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. What's the word like? Um, prohibit it. Mm-hmm. But I am gonna. I'm gonna guide them to to take that step. It's a big commitment. It's a big commitment, and it's a big commitment to take responsibility if that marriage doesn't work out and you have kids. Like, it's a big commitment. Like, it's a big responsibility to make that marriage work, and it's a big responsibility to make that marriage not work. And still make it work because your dad and I still have communication. Maybe not the same, obviously not the same, but no matter what I say or what anybody says, he is still in my life some way, form, or another. Mm -hmm. So obviously when you choose somebody to have a family with, you want to make sure that you're choosing somebody that you're going to be okay with being in your life for a really long time. So a man sometimes doesn't always think with their head a woman will think with her heart a man thinks with his dick so <laughs> we need to make sure that not all guys not all guys 
Uh, yeah, I guess it's a good topic to end on or a good uh, statement to end on. We're hour and 50 minutes and always almost Holy two crap. hours. Um, so I'll try to navigate through this. <laughs> but uh, anyway, closing statements for me, like I said, um, I will, I've always kind of held it down for parents and single parents, especially because it's so much harder on them um, trying to raise kids. So forgive your parents in certain aspects of their lives. You know, they're still human, too, and they are growing up just like you are, you know, especially for younger parents. Um, yeah. So it's just, and you know, vice versa, parents understand your kids. They're human too. Understand their feelings, their boundaries. And just because they didn't grow up in the same time frame that you did does not mean that life is not hard right now. Yeah. yeah. It still is. It's a different, it's a different type of difficulty. Obviously they're not having to like having to bust their ass with their job to be able to help out. But mm. teenagers these days are going th- my my school was not getting shot up when I was going when I was being raised. That was not something that I was worried about. Mm-hmm. All of our kids right now, I'm pretty sure they may not talk about it, but kids all over the world and the United States more specifically, having to worry about shit that they should not be worried about. Yeah. That is stressful. That's yeah, that's a whole nother topic. And that's a, <laughs> a whole that's a whole nother topic that we will not talk about, but I'm just saying like yeah. as parents, we need to realize Yes. Their lives are hard, too. Their lives are hard, too. <laughs> anyway, closing statements? Being a parent is hard. Being a divorced parent is hard. Co-parenting is hard. Life is hard. Life Liz, is hard. do you want Life kids now? Hard. I still want kids. Yeah. 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 She's, yeah. She's yeah. very... You're like... Yeah. You're a veteran at this. Yeah. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, it's a good thing you didn't have kids. I'm like, yeah, because I've helped raise about 10 of them. So, I mean, I may have not birthed them, but I sure as hell did change the diapers, make food, take them to school, pick them up from school, take them to practice. True, true, true. She was a nanny for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the takeaway from all of this is you just have to be patient and open-minded and understanding of your parent and your your child and boom she has spoken i'm telling you boom <laughs> diego um to a parent to their child and a child to their parent um to the parent to their child just know that your child isn't unaware of the things that are going on so instead of just trying to push it and fight it and get it out of them at once just be understanding that they are a person too and they have their feelings and that they're going to digest things the way they do. And then um, from a child to a parent, understand that um, it's really about just your parent being happy and what's best for them. And if they're in a happy situation, you just need to be happy for them. And that if it's they're doing better and they're living a healthier lifestyle and they're in a better spot, then you just need to be a as supporting as you can and just help them as much as you can. Boom. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Anyway, thanks guys for listening to another episode of the Are You Ready to Ramble podcast. Again, the special thanks to Noemi and her children. One of them left because um, she has more important stuff to do. Because she's a teenager yeah. and she's, she's a teenager. teenager. She's, 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 a, a she's a friend and she's barely got a license. We love you, Abby. Oh, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks guys for listening. Good day. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.